We've been talking uh, these last few weeks, we talked about Jesus Christ being the Savior, that he is the only way to heaven. And, um, and we've talked about that. Last uh, couple weeks before that, or after the week after that, we talked about Jesus Christ is the healer. And we still believe that God heals today, but we also know that a lot of times we spend a lot of time focusing strictly on healing of our physical body. And God wants to do even more than that. He wants to heal down deep inside of you those places that you don't even know what's going on. There's just hurts, broken heart, uh, just stuff you've been through. And God wants to heal those places too uh, because that's, that's who you are down in there. And God wants to uh, really make you healthy spiritually, physically, and emotionally in every area. God wants us to walk in health and strength. Uh, and then last week we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you weren't here, uh, we've had a couple problems and I think we've got it fixed with our um, recordings. And so the last couple of weeks have not been on it. But if you weren't here last week, we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how sometimes that freaks people out. They're like, oh, here we go. But we talked about that really it's not, it's nothing that's weird. Man, it's just a, it's an empowerment that God has given you to have the Holy Spirit with you every day of your life that can lead you and guide you and help you. And strengthen you. And with the Spirit comes power. And Acts 1 8 says, When you receive the Holy Spirit, power will come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Delia, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. So power comes as a result of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 5 of Acts 1, Jesus told the disciples, He said, Don't go anywhere and don't do anything until you get this gift. In other words, for you to be effective in what you do, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we talked about that last week. And then li- this week, we're going to talk about something that there are not many, um, at least I haven't heard a lot of messages on this topic. Um, but as I was studying it, I thought, you know, we need to remind, our, you need to be reminded of this. But Jesus Christ, he is the soon coming king. And I'm telling you, Jesus is coming again. This time on this earth is temporary. We live for a greater purpose. We live for a greater cause. We live for a greater relationship. And we put a lot of focus, I do too, on this time here. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming again. Just, just know it, right? You know that? How many believe that? He's coming again. I mean, this life is this, this is short. The Bible says that this life, no matter, even though it feels like, you know, some of you feel like, man, I have been around for a long time. But I'm just telling you, life is like a vapor. That's what the Bible says. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. There is so much more than just our life here. And we're going to talk about it. So we're going to talk about Jesus coming again. And I want you to know for some people, um, there's, two, uh, there's two different people and depending on where you fall will be how excited you are that Jesus is coming again. Because for believers, it's a wonderful thing. For unbelievers, it's not so good. What I want to talk about that, though, is we want to realize how good it is. and We want to help unbelievers understand that there's way more to life than this place that we're at. Because when Jesus comes again... There is going to be judgment for those who have not received Jesus. 
And I, we don't say that to scare anybody, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about God's judgment and wrath and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, God placed his judgment upon Jesus. The wrath was upon Jesus. He paid for our sin. He paid for all that. All we need to do is receive Jesus, and we're good. We're good. So we're going to talk through this, but I want to just let you know, give you a few scriptures, talks about Jesus coming again. In Acts 1.11, this is right after Jesus tells the disciples, uh, you know, you'll receive power and the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And all that is being said uh, when he tells them to stay and wait. And then when he goes into this, uh, after that passage, in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 9, whatever, Jesus is, he ascends into heaven. And then it says these two men in white robes were standing there like angels. And they said, men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday, say someday. Someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. So, so he ascended, and someday he's going to come right back. And he's coming back for us. He's coming back for us. All right, let's go to John chapter 14. We're going to move through these scriptures. Do not let your hearts be troubled. See, I love this passage because this is something he's not saying, I won't let it. He's telling you, do not let your heart be troubled. All right, that's, that's coming from the Lord. Do not let your heart be troubled. If you have a troubled heart, listen, the Lord would say to you today, do not let your heart be troubled. And then he's going to tell you how. Trust in God and trust in me. And then he says this, there is, there is more room, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I'll never forget as a little kid, matter of fact, just recently, I had a Sunday school teacher when I was in Tampa, and I was very small, probably first or second grade, I don't know, but I remember being in her Sunday school class, and every Sunday, we had to say this verse. Now, we were in a different translation then, so it's not exactly the same, but here's what it is, and if I go... This is Jesus talking. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That verse, we went over it every Sunday. Now, it took me a little longer because I was kicked out of her Sunday school class probably every other week, and I had to go to big church um, because I had some issues. Um, But every time I was in her class, we went over that verse and over that verse. And recently, I was asked to do a little video with my brothers because she was turning, I want to say 80 or 90. Um, And they said they were having a birthday, big birthday party for her at the church in Tampa. She's still there, still faithful, still teaching. She's amazing. And um, so I was like, okay. I said, Miss Dorothy, I just want you to know, I still know what Jesus said. And if I go and prepare, and I said that whole, whole verse to her. And when I was studying this week, I thought, wow. That she, even then, she was instilling with us, Jesus is coming again. Be ready. He's going to prepare a place for us. And he's coming back, and he's going to receive us. And then we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. And I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you, okay? You know, when you get the end of the... You don't, you know, you see a movie or someone sees it and they tell you what happens at the end. The spoiler alert. Well, I'm just going to spoil it for you. Heaven is going to be awesome. There is no sin. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There's no tears. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. 
There's nothing. It is all good. And you know what? You're going to love your neighbors. You're going to love the people in your neighborhood. You're going to love the people that are around you. They're going to love you. We're all going to be unified. It's going to be amazing. That's, that's, and, and he's coming to get us, to take us there, to be with him forever and ever and ever. Revelation 3.11, this is when he's talking to the churches. Not too long ago, we did a, a study on the seven churches. But he says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will be taken away your crown. Jesus is saying, look, I'm coming soon. Be ready. I'm coming soon. Look to your neighbor and said, he's coming soon. He could come before this message is over. Wouldn't that be wild? I mean, it was just right out of the. I'd be a little upset because, Lord, I studied a lot. You could have waited. Let's let me get it out. But let's look at. We're going to talk about these two perspectives, okay? Because I want you to. I want this uh, understanding that Jesus is coming again. I want you to be excited about it. I don't want you to be afraid of it, because there's some people that they're nervous. And you have those, I grew up in, um, I grew up in a, you know, my dad was a pastor, so I grew up in a pastor's home. I promised I would never be a pastor, and I don't know how the Lord did it, but here I am. Um, but I remember growing up in, uh, in middle school, I, I was, got in a little bit of trouble, and I, was, I got put into a private school. And uh, so I'm in a Christian, Christian school, private school. And there was a guy that came in there one day, and he started talking about the, the end times. And he's talking about Jesus coming again. And when, and when Jesus comes, you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to hell. And he spent the next 40 minutes talking about hell. And he had some of the biggest guys in our school come up, and he would have a, a lighter, and he'd have a flame. He's like, I want you to put your hand over that for 30 seconds, and I'll give you $100. And they put it over for like, like no way, no way. And here's what he said, if you don't have Jesus, you're going to live in that. And we were like, <gasps> even me who knew I had Jesus, I started wanting to double check. Um, really? Right? I'm good, right? That's hot. I'm good. And he literally scared the hell, like literal, out of people. Like he scared us so much. No one wants to go to hell. The altars were packed. People run into Jesus. <laughs> Give me Jesus. And they just wanted, they just didn't want hell. And so you've been a part of all, I just should say you have been. I've been a part of all those things where we try everything we can to get people to Jesus. And sometimes we scare people and sometimes people are afraid that if Jesus comes and what's going to happen. And, 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 and I, I'm, I'm just nervous. Like what if I'm not ready? What if I'm this? And I hope today that you can be at peace and excitement knowing Jesus is coming, and I'm ready. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to worry about because I have Jesus. And, and Jesus coming again is an exciting thing. And let me just tell you, if you watch the news, you can just feel the excitement. Oh, come on, Jesus. This is crazy. Jesus, I'm ready for you to come back. I'm ready. We, our world we, we need Jesus, and he's coming back for us. All right, so let's look at the believer's perspective. We'll look at the unbeliever's perspective of, of this second coming of Jesus. All right, so when he says, we talked in the first verse about Jesus telling the disciples, I mean, or the, 
when it talks about he'll come just as he left. So he was already here. He came once as a child. He was born, born of a Virgin Mary. That was his first coming. This is the second coming that we're talking about when he comes back. Let's look at this perspective from believers. 2 Timothy 4, 8. It says this, And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. God is going to, it's going to be a great, great celebration when Jesus comes again. And we receive the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give us. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to James 5. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider, see, the reason he's saying be patient is because if you really understand and are confident that you have received Jesus and you know he's coming, listen, it's exciting. And he's saying, listen, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. He's coming. Be patient. We're going to talk in a minute why we have to be patient. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. This was written a long time ago. And the coming of the Lord is near. People ask me all the time, like, do you think it's going to be like while you're alive? I'm planning on it. But if not, then I'll see you all there. You know, but I know this, we're a lot closer. Back in the Bible, there was times where people thought, you know, John, that they thought John would be alive in the days or Paul, that he would be alive in those days when Jesus comes again. But I'm telling you, we're that much closer to Jesus coming again. And we need to be ready. And it's an exciting thing for believers. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies, our flesh, cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Y'all ready for a secret? Listen. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For the sin, for sin is the sting that results in death, and the law give, gives sin its power. But thank God. Listen to this. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, be strong. And immovable, always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Listen, he's coming again. When he comes again, our bodies are going to change. Can you say amen to that? Our bodies are going to change into bodies that are eternal forever. No problems, no sickness, no nothing. A whole different, whole different body. Be an extreme makeover like that. And we go to be with Jesus. 
and we live victorious. And he's saying, now, now do everything with enthusiastic what you do for the Lord, knowing it's not useless. Listen, we are living for something deeper. Keep doing, don't let, don't get caught up in working for this temporary stuff. Work for the Lord. Do what he wants you to do. Don't get caught up. Listen, there's so many things we can get caught up in. There's so many th- times that we can look just in the natural for our hope, for our strength, for this is why I do what I do. Because we constantly want to pursue money or pursue fame or pursue something. And I'm telling you, pursue God first. Because that's what's going to end up never being useless. It'll be something that you, that you continue to grow and develop. And then when Jesus comes, you get to experience everything that you've always wanted to experience. Everything as it pertains to the things of God. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, so... And we're close. Romans 8, 18 through 25. I'm just giving you a bunch of scriptures right now, so stay with me. Yet what we suffer now, meaning even here on earth, is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation, waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against his will, it, with, against its will all creation was subjected, was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we, be- and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit with us as a foretaste of the future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he's promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, uh, we don't need to hope for it. We were, but if we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Listen, there's some things that God is doing, and there's some things that are going to happen in us that's going to happen as we walk into eternity. And I know it's kind of weird sometimes because I do believe that there's a lot of things in heaven that God wants to do even here on earth. That we want to walk in strength and life and health and all that. But this whole transformation from, the, from you and your physical body into your time with to God with your new glorified body. See, that's something we get to look forward to. We get to look forward to that place where there's no longer. Because even though the, the penalty of sin and sickness, all that has been paid for. See, there's still, we're still in the presence of all this stuff. There's still all this stuff that, that we see in the world we live in. We still have all these things that are around us, and, and I'm telling you, it's, we, because we're physical people and we think in the natural way, this is how we perceive life, right? We, when you think about how you perceive life, we think of it in a natural thing. What God is saying is the life that you think right here, listen, it's, it's totally different. And there's a hope that you have that no matter where you are right now, no matter what you go through right now, I'm telling you, Stay the course, be faithful, lean in on God, trust him, but just know there is, a, there is a new, new thing. There's a new life, even in heaven, that's beyond, beyond this, where some of the things that you struggle and that you face, you won't face and you won't struggle. Now, God can even help you now not to f- struggle in some of those. But, but the point is, is there's a, there is a new, a new life for us, and it's coming soon. And, and the, as I was studying this week, I just thought, you know, I live my life, and I think we all do, 
for today. We live our life for, for tomorrow as far as the things of the world. We constantly think about, okay, if I do this, and some of that is good. We need to be planning, you know. But I want you to know, man, to know that at any moment, Jesus is coming. And I'm going to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. And I'm going to be in the, in the presence of the, the creator of this world, the one and only true God, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. And I'm going to be with him. I mean, like, literally standing before him. That's amazing. It makes life a little bit easier when you have that hope of what's coming ahead. You know, I, I, I don't have all the answers to everything. But I know that I don't, outside of a miraculous move of God, I don't see the world getting better. I don't see healthier changes. I don't, I don't see their, I mean, I can, the, the direction that you see things going, you think, we're messed up as a community, as a, as a world. And some of that the Bible talks about in the last days, you're going to see this stuff. Wars and rumors of wars and just crazy stuff. Which lets me know that I think they've opened the case where the trumpet is. And I think they're holding it in hand. Like we, Now? Hold on, hold on. And I'll talk, I will talk about why that's not going off yet. But I'm telling you, there is a greater purpose. Please do not get caught up in living your life for today. Because it's only, we read it in, in John, well, we didn't read it, but if you go on and read after John 14, 3, you go on down to verse 6, because the people ask, like, how, how do we know? And he said, listen, there's only one way. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Not through being a nice person, not through giving, not through tithing, not through coming to church every week. It's not going to get you to heaven. Sad, but if Jesus comes on a Saturday night, there'll be people going to church Sunday morning. Oh, I'm going to church. Where's everybody? Well, why did I go? Because church doesn't get you there. Jesus gets you there. And he's coming back for us. Amen to that. 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. See, I'm telling you, could you imagine... Now, it's going to happen fast, like in the blink of an eye. But could you imagine if you could just do, see it in slow motion? Here's what's going to happen. The clouds are going to open up. And here comes the Lord. The Lord himself. Ooh. And you're just like, whoa. With a commanding shout, the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet call of God, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth We'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to meet him in the air. As a kid, I always thought, Lord, please come when I'm doing a layup in the basketball game so I can dunk it on my way up and then just let that be my finale. See y'all, and then I'm up. But I don't think he's going to do that because I don't play basketball anymore. Um, but we're going to be caught up. And then it says this, we will be with the Lord forever. 
Now, let's put that into the spiritual perspective. See, there's been times, and you've, you've probably had that moment, you know, with your spouse or when you first meet your spouse. You're like, I wish we could be together forever. Like, I don't want to leave you ever. And then 10 years later, have a good day. I need some time by myself. Leave me alone. But see, with the Lord, it's completely different. I mean, we are going to be with him forever and ever and ever. And we're going to love every minute of it. And you think about it. It's never going to end. There's some things that we wish would end quicker. But there's certain things that you wish, man, I I wish this would never end. And that's how it's going to be with the Lord. You're never going to stop worshiping God. You're never going to get tired of of being with the Lord. You're going to continue to see more and more of who he is. I mean, it's going to be amazing how big God is. And I, don't, I think we're going to be so overwhelmed by how big he is that we're not going to think this way. But part of me thinks, like, we're going to get to heaven and think, I could have asked him for so much more. Like, he is that awesome. Like, why didn't I spend more time with him? Why didn't I talk to him more? Why didn't I invite him into my world more? But we're going to be there forever. Forever. So don't get caught up in this little time here. This place here, right now, you're in the middle of this time frame that the Bible calls a vapor. That's what you're in the middle of. This little time frame called a vapor. It'll be here today and gone tomorrow. It's just that, it's that small compared to eternity. Yet we tend to make all these decisions based on this. And we need to have a bigger perspective and think, you know what? Jesus is coming again. I don't need to make my decisions based on this short vapor time here. I need to make it based on what the Lord wants. So let's go back to um, 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's go to verse 18. This is right after it says, Jesus has come, we're going to meet him in the air. Then it says this, encourage each other with these words. You know what that says? These should be encouraging words to you. You shouldn't be like, oh man, hope I'm ready. Some of y'all could have maybe already prayed right there. God, just in case, I want to go ahead and make a quick commitment. You know, because you get nervous. But I'm telling you, this should be encouraging. Let me tell you one thing I love, I love, especially when Zach was younger. If we were, if, if, uh, my, if family was coming over, uh, or even if, we, if Patty and I were gone and we were coming back to the house, you know, and, and even the other day, Zach called and Patty and I had, Ran an errand real quick, and he calls us, are you all on your way back? And we're like, yeah. And this is what Zach does. He did it all the time when he was younger. All right, hopefully this won't squeal when I go in front of this. I don't think it will. But here's what Zach does, especially when he was younger and he knew someone was coming. He just stands at the door waiting, waiting. I say, Zach, it's going to be about ten more minutes. Okay. You know why? He was so excited. Dad's coming home. Mom's coming home. Not here yet, but they're coming. I 
think I hear something. He would stand there for minutes and minutes and minutes. You know why? Because he was looking forward to the second that he saw that car come around the driveway. You know what we're supposed to be doing as believers? He's coming. Jesus is coming. He's not here yet, but I know he's coming. Zach never got discouraged. Never got discouraged. If he knew someone was coming, he anticipated. He would sit on the front steps and wait out of excitement. (laughs) The rest of us, we were just going about our business. Well, they'll get here when they get here. But Zach, man, when it comes to getting excited about God's return, I'm telling you, man, Zach's taught me. Lord, I want to be that excited about your return. I want to be looking and expecting it. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. And we need to be excited about it. Now, we're going to roll through these, the unbeliever's perspective. Matthew 24, 30. And there's a reason I'm telling you this. I'm hoping none of you fall into this category. But there's a reason. It says, and and then at last the sign of the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be a deep mourning among the people of the earth. Now, this is just to say that there are some people that are not going to be excited about God's return. Let's go to the next scripture, Matthew 25, 44 through 46. And they will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I'll tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. Now, he's talking about you know, doing things. He says, when you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. But I'm not talking about works here. I'm talking about people who did not have a relationship with Jesus, therefore could not even walk out the things that God had for them. And here's what it says. They'll go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. And I want to tell you something. People, when Jesus comes, the Bible talks about separating the sheep from the goats and those who are are believers and unbelievers, and and there really are going to be people who did not accept Jesus. And refuse to accept Jesus. And their eternity is not going to be good. It's not going to be good. And, and, <clears throat> and at that moment, when people stand before God, you're going to hear either, well done, good and a faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. Those are the kind of, that's the kind of difference, and depending on where you are, when the Lord returns. And I don't say that to scare you. I say that because what, what we're, what we're going to get to at the end of this is, listen, we need to be, let's don't be selfish with the gift of eternal life that we have. There's people that need to hear about the Jesus that has saved you and set you free. And we need to be ready to help those who are in need. Look at Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter heaven. On Judgment Day, many will say to the Lord, again, on Judgment Day, many will say to the Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, we perform miracles in your name, but I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's laws. So listen, I, I, I never knew you. We, we, were never, we were never in relationship. 
It's not about what you do. It's about relationship with God. And it's only through Jesus that we have to, we have to know who Jesus is. He has to know us. We have to open ourselves up so the Lord, we can, we can have that relationship. And without it, without it, it says, look, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, that's not one of those things that make sure I do everything right or I'm going to. No, it's the relationship you have with God. We talk about this all the time. We're righteous because of Jesus. Righteous people fall. They get back up. We're going to make mistakes, but we're going to get back up. But at some point, Jesus has to be Lord of your life. And when he is, it'll show. Uh, Jude 1, 14 through 16. Don't be surprised, indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son. And they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to a eternal judgment. That's John 5. Okay, so again, you have the eternal life perspective. And you have the eternal judgment perspective. And where do we fall? As believers, we fall in the eternal life perspective. There's nothing to be afraid of. We need to encourage each other that Jesus is coming. But we also need to now know that there's people that aren't, people that aren't ready. There's people that aren't, they don't know the Lord. And we, we can't get so busy in living our life that we're neglecting those people around us who need Jesus. And I'll tell you, the best way for you to bring Jesus to people is let them see Jesus in your life. Live your life in a way that people see Jesus. Remember what it says in, uh, in the Bible. It says, let your light so shine before men. In other words, in front of men or women humans let your light so shine before men that people see your good deeds and glorify the father which means it's so good whatever you're doing it's automatically giving glory straight to god not to you that means the deeds that people are seeing in you are beyond you they're not just a nice gesture but there's a sincere compassion and love that you have for people and embracing people where they are and encouraging people in the things of god that's what God's called us to do, and people need that. There's people that, that are looking for hope. There's people that are looking for, you know, as a youth pastor of the many years I was youth pastoring, you know, every teenager that would come in there, I could see the desperation that they, they wanted hope. They wanted acceptance. And on the outside, you see this hard shell of I'm tough. Oh, yeah, what's up, what's up, man, what's up, yeah, what's up. But on the inside, like, I, need, I need something. I'm missing something in my life. And it was always there. That lack of something was always there until they met Jesus. And every time they met Jesus, that went away. Every time. Because it's only through Jesus that we really have that fulfillment. And the eternal life. So we need to be ready. I'm not going to read this scripture, but Matthew 25, it talks about uh, the ten bridesmaids or ten virgins that were ready for the, the bridesmaid, the um, bridegroom to come. And they had lampstands, and some of them had oil enough to, to keep the lamps going, and some of them didn't. It talks about those who were prepared and those who weren't prepared. And the ones who weren't prepared missed it. The ones who were prepared, they, they had all everything they needed, so they were good. So we're talking about just the, the whole point of it is to be ready. To make sure that we're ready. And not just make sure we're ready, to, but make sure those around us are ready. Matthew 24, verse 36 through 42 says this. No one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. 
Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets, parties, weddings. Right up to that time, Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in a field. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding flour at the meal. One will be taken, the other will be left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day that the Lord is coming. You don't know. And we need to keep watch, and we need to, we need to be ready, but with an anticipation and an excitement that Jesus is coming again. And, and we, and we want to be ready. We want to help other people get ready. Luke twelve forty. You must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. When least expected, the Bible talks about, um, I don't know if you remember, when I was younger, they have, there was a movie called Thief in the Night, and it was all about the rapture. It was all about when Jesus came again, and, and it actually made me nervous as a kid. I'm like, why would you show that movie to children? Because all of a sudden, I think, I think that was the movie where a guy was shaving, and all of a sudden you see this razor in the sink, but mom's still there. Where, where, did, he, where did he go? So, so I, all of a sudden, you know, for a long time, I, I would get so nervous. There was one time where I was home. My parents were, were supposed to be home, and I came home from school, and my brother was somewhere. He had some practice or something. My other brother had, I don't know where he was at, but bottom line is I come home, and the house is empty. And I waited, and I was like, man, I don't, there's nobody here. Usually people are home. And after a little while, then this thought hits me because of that stupid movie. <laughs> this thought hits me. Jesus came. <laughs> Mom? Dad? Literally, I go outside. I'm looking. And I'm like, they're home, but they didn't know Jesus. <laughs> they're home, and they, they don't serve Jesus. But I don't see that sweet old lady's car over there. She loved Jesus. I started getting nervous. I missed it. I missed it. And it brought so much fear. I was like, <gasps> I was so afraid. But you know what? I'm not afraid anymore. You know why? Because I know when that trumpet sounds, I'm gone. I'm gone. And we get to heaven and we're all good and we're all healthy and we're all healed and we're all whole. And we are worshiping God all the time. In the presence of every, every good thing, peace, love, strength, joy, everything, it's all there. You know, this doesn't say it in the scripture, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Dunkin' Donuts up there. I just wouldn't be surprised. Fresh made all day. But I'm telling you, he's coming again, and we need to be ready. And this is the part that I want you to know. We have never been, and I want you to hear my heart on this as we wrap up. We've never been a church that has been works-driven, or we need to go out there and try to build this group. 
We're not here. Your job is not to grow this church. Matthew 16 says it very clear. Jesus said, I will build my church, and if I build it, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want to be a part of a church that the gates of hell will not prevail. And that's the only church that the gates of hell don't prevail are the one that he builds. So listen, we're not talking about going out and reaching people so they can come here. We're talking about going out and being fed here with the word. This is your filling station. This is your come get filled up and then go out and live it. Go out and share the love of God with people. Model the love of God to people. Love people where they're at. Because people are not ready. But when that day comes, I'm telling you, that day comes, it's here. And people need Jesus. And you have him. You have him. And if you've ever been in a situation where you were looking for something and you knew somebody had what you were looking for and they were just holding on to it, you would have thought, like, why would you not tell me? So I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to go do some, you know, go stand on the corner with a sign. Turn or burn. Come on. You need Jesus. Liars go to hell. Liars are friars. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a message of love and, and, and joy and hope to say, listen, man, God, you have so done an amazing thing in my life. And I can be in confidence today that this world, what it has right here, I'm telling you, there's still hope for me. Because that day is coming, you're going to come get me, and oh, everything changes just like that. The rest of the world needs that hope, too. And I promise you, if you'll let the Lord use you, he'll give you opportunities. It may not always be that, that you, they get saved right there. It may be a seed you plant that someone else comes along and waters, and someone else sees the result of it. But we live our lives more than just for ourselves. We live to please the Lord and to allow the Lord to use us to help minister to, to those around us. Because people need Jesus. What you see on the news are people that are looking for hope. And they think there's going to be hope if something changes. Or if, or if we have a different president. Or if we have a different mayor. Or a different governor. Or if we have a different this and different that. Oh, then I'll be happy. You know what? The truth is... No one will ever be completely happy or fulfilled until they get Jesus. That's it. And let me tell you how good Jesus is with this last verse. Look at this last verse. The Lord isn't slow about his promise. Some people think he is. Like, God, please come. But he says, you know what? He's being patient for your sake. Because he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. You know why the Lord is being patient? Because he loves people. He's like, I, 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 want, I want more people. I don't want them to experience life without me. I don't want them to experience that. I want them to experience life, eternal life, abundant life forever and ever. And everybody seems right now to be so focused on this little vapor time. As long as we're happy here, I'm telling you, there's a whole eternity that you're making decisions about. And other people are too. And I don't know why I just feel really strong that, you know, I needed to remind us Jesus is coming again. 
And it's time to get serious about our walk with God. It's time to get serious about helping other people. It's time to get serious about knowing, hey, life is more than just this little time here. We, we struggle. Yeah, but I want to be, I want to fit in. I want to be cool here. I want to be successful here. I want this. In order to get there, I got to kind of do this and kind of do this. Listen, one day, you ain't going to think about this stuff. God loves you, and he loves your neighbors, and he loves the people in your family. He loves those around that haven't received him yet. And he's saying, listen, I'm being patient. But I will tell you this, he's still going to come. At some point, Jesus is coming again. He's more patient than me. You can ask the guys that work here, Chris and Curtis, I do not like being late. I don't like people being late. I can just tell you, I don't like it. And if you relate today, I love you. <laughs> I just realized when I said that, people are like, oh, I told you we should have left earlier. I'm not saying that. I understand stuff happens. I get it. Okay, don't. I'd rather you come in late than not come at all. So just come on. Don't worry about it. But, I, but, but there's times, too, it's like, okay, we're waiting. You know, if they ain't here pretty soon, I'm, we're going. When I was a youth pastor, you know, it was like, we're going to meet at the church at 5. We'd have 140 kids going on a ski trip. So we're, we're meeting at 5 o'clock. We're leaving the church at 5. 5.15, 18 people aren't there. See ya. Hey, we were going to be there. Where are y'all? Bus left. What time are you supposed to be there? Call me if you're going to be late. But see, God is more patient than me. Aren't you glad? Because I'd have done come. Let's go, y'all. I've been waiting. I'm ready for y'all to come on up. Let's, let's enjoy our time together. Let's go. But God is so patient. He's like, you know what? I want more. More people to experience this. You know how they're going to experience it? We tell them. How will, they, how will they hear unless they're told? How will they be told unless someone is sent? Guess what? You have, you have something to look forward to. This messed up time here, it's almost over. But for some people, if they don't receive Jesus, this is the better part. We don't want them, we don't want them to experience that. Jesus is coming again, y'all. It's gonna be awesome. I hope that spiritually we do what Zach does. I hope today when you leave, you can say, Lord, I'm ready. Come on. Come on. Because it's gonna be a wonderful thing. When we get to heaven, you want to talk about a party? It'll be in heaven when we get there.